Hi everyone and welcome to the Sanya Faruqi show. Today's guest, well, she calls herself the Queen of Ball. Asma Elbadawi is a British Sudanese basketball player and coach and an award-winning spoken word poet and global Adidas brand ambassador. Asma stamped her mark in reframing stereotypes within sports when she successfully campaigned FIBA to grant permission for hijabs to be worn in professional basketball. Today Asma Elbadawi is not only known for her activism and playing basketball but is also making her name as a spoken word poet as well a highlight of asma's career she says so far has been the release of vogue arabia's february 2020 issue asma thank you so much for joining me today here on the sania faruqi show it is wonderful to have you on thank you so much i'm so happy to be here as well so thank you for inviting me Yeah well Asma I want to start by asking um you you know you you call yourself the queen of ball were you always into basketball when did you start playing So uh I actually didn't originally call myself it a lot of my followers started writing underneath like queen of the ball queen of the ball and I found it very amusing and then eventually I was like I really like this name like I should actually start using it from time to time but i was always into sport and from a very young age i used to play like netball and rounders and they were all sports that involved a ball um whether it was like a basketball or a tennis ball or you know a netball so i always always loved sports and my dad and mom put me in all the sports teams you know when i was younger and i just enjoyed them so much and after like leaving school and university and stuff i still wanted to continue playing and i'm still playing kind of till today yeah did you face uh, did you know your gender the fact that you're muslim ever stop you from pursuing your passion for sports um how easy or difficult was it for you to pursue uh continuing to play which is i mean basketball is more or less a very male dominated uh, game anyways and it's you know it's difficult for women to enter that space so how easy or difficult was it for you to take it up professionally as well i feel like you know looking back there was a lot of challenges and there were a lot of barriers but i didn't realize that they existed mostly because my parents allowed me to play and they didn't have an issue with me going into the sports teams and participating in any way but now when i look back i went to almost in girl school and i was really good in sport but it was almost like that's the only environment they kind of kept me playing sports in they didn't introduce me to the wider community where there was netball games and other leagues that you know i could have probably participated at the time also looking back i was always like watching sports and i never saw anyone that looked like me like there was no muslim women on there who wore hijab for example that made me feel like you know this is something that as a muslim woman i can actually take part in and become an athlete you know like a professional athlete because it felt like there was something in islam possibly that said that women shouldn't be allowed to do that and i just assumed at the time that that was one of the biggest reasons um that i shouldn't play sports outside of the kind of female environment or in, inside the environment that was like family and friends and and that kind of space 
But now I realize that there were barriers that meant these women weren't able to actually go on these on TV, you know, and join these leagues and different um, uh, elite levels of basketball and other sports. And because of that, I never got to see them. So they were also denied access to sports at the elite levels. And because of that, people like me at the time didn't get to see that and didn't dream to become that. So tell us about the FIBA Allow Hijab campaign you took up to curb the global ban on hijabs in basketball. Sure. So uh, I was talking to a friend and um, she wanted to do some art things around uh, like abroad and doing projects abroad around that. And I remember like we were just talking about that. And at some point I said to her, oh, I have a basketball game or something. And she just stopped and she was like, wait, you play basketball? And I was just like, yeah, because I wasn't really sharing it on social media. It was just a part of my life that I just did. And she was like, wait, there's this band. Do you know about this band? And I was like, no, I, I don't know about this band. And luckily, I lived in a part of UK where the there was a huge Muslim community. And because of that, like we were able to play without it kind of being flagged as an issue. And then she was just like, no, there's this ban like in the whole world. And, you know, we're currently like trying to 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 change that. And she invited me to be part of the campaign. Her name's Indira. And um, she used to play professionally and then started wearing the hijab and then was not allowed to play anymore. And as soon as she like invited me to be part of it, I just thought, you know what? Like I may never get the opportunity, even though I did want that opportunity. But there's going to be young girls who come after me and they're going to want to play. And I don't want someone to tell them no. So I just took it and like went with it. But, uh, you know, did you face any backlash from your community, from within the community, from the sports fraternity regarding this campaign? In terms of men who feel like women's places in the kitchen, we got a lot of sort of trolling online and it was this thing of you know as a woman you know you should be getting married looking after your husband and your kids so we got a lot of that kind of things but then there was also women who had that belief system as well who would kind of attack and I think there were also people from outside of the community who did not understand what it meant for a Muslim woman to maintain her modesty and if that meant like by choosing to wear the hijab and they just kept saying things like why don't you just take your hijab off like just take it off and play like sports shouldn't have to accommodate for your beliefs and at the time I just thought you know what this is really funny like I'm still gonna keep like saying what I'm saying and all of us as a group you know all the girls all of us together we kept spreading the message and luckily like FIBA didn't actually you know, they didn't question too much. They they did the research that was necessary and we provided them with a lot of that as well in terms of like what hijabs are already out there that are safe and as a basketball player we can wear. And they were very helpful in the process and kind of understood at the end why we wanted this to happen and what it can do for basketball because it's not just for us it's like you know when you're denying a whole demographic of people the ability to join in you're 
losing out on talent and sometimes that talent actually most of the time that talent can add so much to that space and environment and you know like one of the biggest biggest things I love and still love about basketball is the fact that I got to meet people that I would never ever have come across in my day-to-day life from so many different countries and backgrounds and ethnicities and you know in that space you really learn about yourself and other people and just become like a well-rounded person. So what did winning this campaign feel like to you? It took you almost four years to get that approval. Tell us, take us through what that moment felt like to you as a woman, as a hijab wearing basketball player when you got the news, your campaign won and you can play professional basketball wearing a hijab. So I took part in the last two years because I think the last two years was the biggest push in terms of from Indira side and Bilqis side and you know they invited a wider community but I remember like getting it was an email and I was sitting on my laptop and I got the email and I just I was so shocked at the fact that you know like I'm from a small kind of city in UK and you know I grew up playing sport on the street and my dad used to always tell me you know when he and I kind of had a conversation around me playing sports and it being part of my life for a long time. He said to me, you know, you need to do something big with this. You know, if you want to play, I, I want you to do something big. And I remember laughing at the time and saying, oh, but like, I just want to play, you know, <laughs> it's not about, you know, making change or inspiring other people. And then subhanAllah, like in that moment, I was like, wow, like this is what my dad wanted me to do and I and I had the opportunity in his lifetime to kind of do that for him and also like I was so excited about the girls who will get that opportunity to play and you know sometimes I think back at it and I'm like I can't believe it happened because (laughs) in my mind I'm just like a little person you know like one voice but like we all kind of built our voices together and became so loud that like it ended up happening in in many ways like it did change history and that's just an amazing feeling to feel like I was part of that yeah and like what were the changes that you saw happening after the approval came through like at at the local level in, in terms of you know the advertisements and and the players who were who were getting selected how how did that change take place uh well Around that time, I would say like a lot of brands started putting out like sports hijabs. And so that was really amazing, you know, like to kind of finally see that representation in the brands that we grew up wearing, you know. And for me, it was like we already used to wear these brands and it was always the hijab that we didn't have. You know, we didn't have that cool hijab to wear. So that representation started happening, which was really, really amazing. In terms of in UK, I would say like, I don't feel like a lot has changed for for us or for women. And I would say that mostly because I don't think it's just Muslim girls issue. I think it's a wider issue in terms of basketball, for example, for women, like in my city, I think around the same kind of year, they actually stopped the women's team and they put up most of that funding into the men's team. So I think in terms of like in UK, there's still so much more work that needs to be done 
I'm happy to have been part of that process because I've been, you know, like in contact with other people and other women from various different charities and groups who want the same thing for women. So I think we're slowly progressing, but we're so much further than men's sports. And I think that's why I'm still kind of, you know, advocating for sport in a yeah. way to kind of say, you know, we are women, we are here and we need more from like the governing bodies or the community like fundings etc to progress yeah but does wearing hijab put extra pressure on your shoulder to prove a point especially when you're playing or when women are playing any sport when i first started playing basketball i didn't actually wear the hijab and i don't think i was very conscious of much when i did start wearing the hijab and playing i felt like you know, when I walked into a space or when my friends and I walked in a space, because there was quite a few of us by then, it was almost like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, like that was kind of the reception that we got initially. And there's been games, you know, where I've played with my friends and, you know, everyone in tournaments, especially where everyone suddenly is looking at our game even though there'll be like a men's game happening on the court next to us and people are so intrigued and they are curious like who are these girls and like you know how good actually are they you know um the first few years it was really strange but now it's like everyone kind of knows us within those communities and and it's fine but you do feel like you're representing more than just yourself when you wear the hijab especially when you're going into communities where they've never seen women who wear hijab and you kind of want to show your best self because you want them to kind of feel like, okay, these girls are doing something amazing and everything that we hear in the media is not true about their community. Yeah. Um, about living in the UK, have you ever faced racism or Islamophobia in your everyday life? It's uh, a big question. <laughs> um <laughs> Definitely experienced racism growing up, mostly because I'm Sudanese and I felt like I was the only one that was from like the African region in terms of in a lot of the schools that I went to. So I definitely experienced a lot of that, but it was mostly from people from the Asian community who kind of questioned why I was Muslim because I did it look like them and I looked African so there was a lot of that kind of going up and in terms of Islamophobia definitely like when I went to uni I remember like um walking on the street and kind of being called names and like sworn at and, and that kind of stuff because it was a environment where like there weren't that many Muslim people and even just online you know like when I post poetry videos especially when they're posted by other media outlets and especially the mainstream ones it's like I just get so much Islamophobic comments that have nothing to do with what I'm saying it's like they they completely switch off they just see the hijab and then they just go in and don't actually listen to the message I'm trying to portray and just see the hijab yeah but are you also seeing a shift in people from your community when it comes to young girls taking up playing basketball or any other sport for that matter 
of course there's there's a culture of protection within communities they don't want their daughters to already step out there's a lot of uh, patriarchy and you know there are lots of glass ceilings that they have to you know shatter fight battle through but are you yeah. seeing a shift from within the community these days um, do you think it was worth the fight to make hijab included when it came to playing basketball i definitely feel like it was and you know when i was playing and when my friends were playing like we were the only ones at least we felt like we were the only ones during the campaign we got to meet women from so many parts of the world you know that play sports and like my social media is literally me following just so many girls that play sport you know and they based in so many different locations and they're playing such diverse sports you know you have like the fences and you have the horse riding people and like it's just so colorful and fun to like watch like on my timeline so that was really like amazing to kind of see but also i feel like there's been a big shift as well because you know a lot of the people like the idol even men for example have gone back into the communities and started initiatives to encourage women to participate in sudan like i'm seeing so much more women participating in sports compared to like just 2 3 years ago especially like martial arts like i have friends who you know came from outside of sudan and started these martial arts clubs where the women just look so fierce and strong you know mashallah and like i see them pop up every now and then and i'm just like you know wow we've had such a massive shift because literally like a few years ago when i would go and spend a lot of time in sudan i'd coach for like a few months and it was like so hard to get these families to agree to allow their daughters to come into that space and it had to be female only it had to be like um at certain times because the girls needed to get home at a, like a safe time where before it got dark and now it's kind of like it's becoming more and more acceptable and i think a lot of that is because a lot more women are kind of addressing a lot of the sexualization of women in those spaces and kind of saying you know what yeah we are women but islam doesn't say we're not allowed to play sports and you know if you're a man and you feel like you are unable to come into a space where there's women playing sports and literally just enjoying themselves then don't go there stay at home you know um so yeah there's definitely been a big shift um so you're also a basketball coach what does basketball mean to you and what does coaching young players mean to you i absolutely love coaching like young people i don't tend to do it like all year round i'll do it mostly like if i've gone abroad or if i've gone to like another city that's outside of uk mostly because I don't get the time to do it as often as you know when I was like a bit younger but there's something really exciting about coaching young people that are still learning and for me as a coach I don't tend to focus so much on the skills like I do obviously tell them like and teach them how to actually do the skills but I actually try to focus on bigger things like team building and I feel like doing that allows them to become more well-rounded and actually like take a lot of those skills outside of the court onto the you know in the workplace in school wherever they are inside the home kind of thing. 
So I really concentrate on sort of like, you know, getting them to think about each other even before they've arrived at the court. Like I remember coaching in Tanzania for like a few months. And when I was there, I remember I used to tell the, the boys, when you come to training, make sure you pass by your friends in the dorm rooms and come together. Because if one of you is late, you know, you'll all be running. <laughs> but also I want them to have that like unit where they they feel like, you know, if one of us is not strong, we're not strong as a team. So we need to look after each other. And that's kind of like my biggest focus. And even when I work with girls, I have a similar approach and I kind of try to tell them, you know, you can do anything that the boys do, yeah. you know, except maybe dunking, unless you're like six foot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they can now but yeah. you know uh like encouraging them to kind of view themselves as athletes as strong women and to to kind of bring their whole self to the space yeah. every time not be shy you know we're all there learning together if you miss the ball um if you miss like a shot it's okay you know if you don't miss them you're not gonna learn so I try to create that kind of environment when I coach yeah so I read somewhere you mentioned that growing up you had no role models did that push you or did that inspire you to be who you are today a role model yourself for so 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 many young people you know the irony of it all is when I was in school I remember my teacher she she sat me and my mom was a teacher in the school and I was kind of expected to be a specific kind of person because of my mom you know she was niqab she's you know very religious and stuff and I had a different approach to Islam like I wanted to play and do all these things as well and she sat me down and she was like you know I want you to be a, like a role model for the rest of the girls within the school you know mom, your mom's a teacher you know this this and I was like no I don't I don't like I don't want to do that like that's <laughs> That's not like, who I am. Know what life had planned for you? Yeah, and then like now I look back and I'm like, oh, okay. So I became this role model that she kept telling me she wanted me to be, and um, you know, I don't consider myself as a role model because I feel like I have so much left to do to inspire and and kind of. I feel like the moment I do consider myself as a role model, is kind of like me thinking I. I've done everything that I could possibly do as a human being to make the world a better place. And I don't feel like I'm there yet. But at the same time, I do hope and I wish all the time that like there are girls out there who will come across my story and feel inspired and motivated to follow their own dreams, whatever they are. Yeah, I am sure. I mean, I was very inspired and motivated. And like I said, even I used to play basketball. So we have a lot in common there. But um, yeah. one last question. Who is your favorite basketball player? Male or female? LeBron James. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, men, LeBron James. And in the women, I would say like Dana Tarazi. I, yeah. I really like her style of basketball. It's really fast and fun and yeah. furious. And I just love yeah. it. Yeah, she's aggressive on the court, unapologetically. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, so thank you, Asma. It was wonderful to have you on the Sanya Paruki show. And, um, you know, good luck with all the work that you're doing. And uh, hope to see you uh, do, you know, a lot more of these amazing campaigns and breaking and shattering glass ceilings across the world in the field of sport. And, uh, yeah, good luck with everything. Inshallah. And thank you so much. And once again, thank you for having me on your show. And for those of you who've been watching, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and Spotify. I'll see you again next week.